gentlemen, welcome back to the show where we talk about shows with our friends. And today we are talking about the rest of season one of End of the Fucking World on Netflix. This was a fantastic, visually stunning and intriguing show from the UK that Eli chose. So Eli, great job with this pick. Let us know what you're excited to talk about as we wrap up season one. Absolutely. And what a season ending and completion these remaining episodes were. Wild, wild journey that our our main characters, our protagonists, I guess. Sure, dual <laughs> um, protagonists. And the, yeah, there's so many things we could talk about in discussing the rest of this season. But Steve, one of the things I'm especially excited to talk about is continuing themes from the last couple episodes talking about this show and especially how cinematic this show is and also something we touched on a lot maybe without even realizing how much we kept talking about it was how much they pack into really short episodes. So, of course, there's the story arc and what a story arc and what an ending. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that. And Steve, I'm excited to get not only your thoughts and feelings and observations on all that, but moreover, talk about the journey from the beginning of the pilot to this, you know, culmination and where you just went, you know, watching this show from a little apprehensive to sounds like really embracing and enjoying and uh, appreciating what an ambitious and amazing show this is. Uh, so any any of that, uh, but let's just start with, you know, picking up where we left off a bit. Like this ride goes so many places after the, you know, the act of, of yeah. killing uh, this serial rapist and killer, I believe it's pretty yeah, sure. clear. Murderer. Right? Yeah, Murderer, definitely. Rapist. Um, yes, I'm a psychopath. Um, right. Uh, definitely serial killer, I would say. Throw mm-hmm. him in there. I well, I know, and I think it's a great point, and I I do think I'd like to start with just sort of how my impression of this show evolved from the pilot. Yeah, and really the lesson here, and it's why we do this on shows with friends, is to watch the first three episodes. Right, we're just committing to the first three because, in a lot of ways, and we've talked about this before. You know, the pilot is meant to set up. Things sometimes the pilot's not the most interesting episode of of the first season necessarily, mm-hmm. and I think this even this show is sort of a bit of an outlier in the sense of how we've talked about how cinematic it is, how much yeah. it moves and feels more like a movie, and given that the first twenty twenty two minutes make a lot of sense, as it's it's almost even more of a setup that has more of a misdirect than other pilots we've seen, which is just like, here's this character, here's that character. But this one was kind of beginning this journey 
but without wanting to reveal everything, you know, right away or too, or too soon. So I, I do have to say that it's just, I haven't had such a stark change of change of mind or feeling about a show. Um, and I think it has to do a lot with just the unique nature and style of this particular show right. and what they were doing here and how they were really pushing the boundaries of where TV kind of meets film in this streaming age of watching TV shows in one blast, you know, one sitting or multiple sittings. Yeah. And, uh, and then just to kind of, to your point, you know, what, how do I think it, the journey went after the first three episodes and, I wanted to just highlight that I loved where it went. I, and when you talk about how much they pack into each individual episode, not only is there a lot of action or story and even backstory that comes out at times through these episodes in the first season, but the characters that we meet, even if it's just for the one episode, are so rich, mm-hmm. well-crafted. Yeah. Um, but in the fourth episode, we meet this detective team partners that are that are on the case trying to track them down initially and wow i was so (laughs) in first of all two actors that we really like one we've already talked gushed about in the show from gentleman jack (laughs) jenna whalen and so awesome to see her in this so awesome to see this dynamic i believe the other actress was the therapist on um that show um, with Jason Sudeikis where he's like the soccer coach in, in England. Oh, right, right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, it's the character's into. name is the name of the show. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, right? So the second season, she plays like the team therapist and she's really great. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're, <clears throat> they're pairing uh, is amazing. And then the dynamic that they bake in Essentially, from the second you meet them, yeah, that it happened like the night before that they right. hooked up or something. Yeah, it was just, are we going to talk about this? Like, I, mean, yeah. I loved, I just loved every part of that, and then what that created in their their partnership as detectives, and right. then how, how it plays out, how, how it plays out, and how divided they were about how to handle the situation. For me, it was just Absolutely. such a strong plot line that really elevated um, the rest of the episodes, starting with four, what, four through eight, and uh, added yeah. to the pace, you know, towards, I think, in the last episode where um, uh, the Jenna Whalen uh, character goes rogue, right, and leaves the partner and is just trying to, like, help. Like, that yeah. all, to me, added so much more suspense and built so much more of a climactic ending to this first season. Um, totally. Their subplot and, you know, yeah, and especially to- in comparison to maybe a more traditional, they're just like, the police are on their scent, you know, they're tracking yeah. them down, they're getting close, like that. Oh, totally. It could have been like two, story. two bobs, like just with trench coats tracking them down. And like exactly. that would have, that would have been the like traditional, you know, sort of thing to do that. So it was a great example of how this is a new, uh, more modern show that they're they're flipping conventions, they're pulling what influences they want 
from film and TV in the past, and they're really carving out their own original take on all this stuff, because for sure, and it felt very real to me, like yeah. felt very, like the, their whole dynamic and that whole way they well, worked. And, then, <clears throat> and what's amazing is that it doesn't feel gimmicky yeah. at all, right? Like, and all this, you know, packed so tightly in the way they're telling this and things are just very quickly introduced and then real, made real. The same as we talked about in the end of three, where we find out about, you know, the killer and all this evolves so quickly in the end of three to the killing of him. Similarly, we get, you know, this story and other stories, and yet they manage to make it seem so both real and realistic as if like these are real stories this could be it's a it's a great a point story. it's a great point because it could be campy right exactly like, and, and and there's elements of the pilot where he's killing the animals that to me gets a little bit campy but i, I wonder if this is really the nuance of like the uk influence and just how they craft stories and do this work because i don't know if they could tell this story in america with the the same sort of tone with keeping it realistic without it being like cheesy or campy unrealistic right. like you're saying a hundred percent yeah yeah and this feels it feels very realistic but also it feels almost familiar even though it's a story that's setting itself apart from it's borrowing from and yet like building on and setting itself apart from conventions and tropes sort of in the same in the same show and so i think that leaves us with this familiar familiar feeling but yet in awe of like how rich and unique the story and storytelling in this medium of these short 20 minute episodes yeah and episodes. it just made me think of like other films and stuff from the UK that in a lot of ways could have been super campy but weren't had more realistic elements so like but were also comedy so like Shaun of the Dead did you ever mm -hmm. see that movie yeah and that's a good example of like how they kind of craft this more like and I think it's about the emotional reality of the characters mm. and and how present they are in something that's rooted in what's really happening Right. And, he, and it doesn't matter how fantastical that is, the set of circumstances, they're dealing with it just as you and I would deal with, have to deal with something in real life. And that is um, a, a unique trait of these shows and films and things that come out of this part of the world. Yeah, and I wonder, uh, and we don't have to theorize you know, too <laughs> long on this, but I wonder if it comes out of more of like truly being interested in the every man's story or every person's story and being able to build a much more rich emotional backstory attached whatever it is you know from movies to shows to i guess america is much bigger and more diverse as far as people's experience and backgrounds and race and everything than Britain, likely. Um, so when we're talking about specifically England, you know, um, yeah, I could see how it would be easier to build 
an interesting and also, uh, you know, story to connect to. Now, I don't know if that is what fuels American fascination with British storytelling. Uh, but now we're getting meta, so uh, yeah, totally. Back. And we're not, <laughs> yeah, and Americans do great stuff. Obviously, we've there's a lot of stuff to watch, and I just course, think there's something special here, and and it's important to highlight the unique style that of of this and how it all translates to what a what a killer show this is, and. To get back to sort of what happens, especially with the dynamic of these two detectives on the case, um, I just loved how the personal met the professional. So when when she had the big revelation that the guy was a serial killer and she crashes this like first first date, yeah, and it just <laughs> is all melding together. And then she shows them, and she's sort of saying like, I mean, this could be self defense. These are just kids. Like, look what happened, and then. Her partner's like, no, it's manslaughter. It's just really the polar divide there on what justice is for these kids or what the consequences are going to be. Yeah. Um, what's really awesome as an audience member is that you get like another someone on your team, right? So you like one of the detectives is sort of like in support of trying to help, you know, and you're like, yeah, kind of like dying for someone to help these kids the whole time you're watching this right like yeah you're just like this at every turn every adult is just sketchy and weird and we talked or about negligent you know or negligent yeah just or really even, negligent of these kids and just out to like suspicious and out to get them like and again it mm-hmm. talks about like how well crafted these minor characters are but the lady at the gas station right and the kid at the gas station like that's a great example of just how rich it's thought out they make these minor characters and mm-hmm. give them little complete moments and arcs and journeys to give a real performance, you know, which like yeah. that like kind of dopey kid at the, you know, that would have just been some random scene and he rings him up and he had like a whole like character arc in that episode in, in like <laughs> two scenes. It was really great. Yeah. And then of course, you know, we get the detectives as, as we've talked about and we get her dad, right? Alyssa's dad. Mm. And as we get, you know, introduced to her dad episode by episode, you know, until the final episode, he gets knocked down from this fantasy, this built up fantasy of hers because she didn't actually know him. He wasn't a part of her life. So she could fantasize about this, you know, dad, this dad who was cool and who, you know, lived outside of the society, whatever her fantasy was of this rebel dad whose jacket she had, right? And yeah, it's a pretty, uh, it's, you know, a lot of the arcs really her emotional arc, but that character uh, is in these, you know, final episodes a lot. And, um, you know, it's there's not a lot to say because I think they really just needed someone to be the scapegoat kind of um yeah it was a big reveal i think it was the the penultimate episode was him like mm-hmm. when they get they get to him in like the six end of six and then it's seven eight we have him and i i liked it i also liked the journey of the cops interviewing all the previous parents and sort of sussing them out and them having you know, especially James's father just being like, what? Like, he's not like this, you know, he's not like a killer, you know. 
yeah. and and just sort of sort of closing the loop, but giving and giving uh, um, Gemma Whalen's character kind of more ammo to sort of get on their side and and be sympathetic towards them. Totally. And, and paint sort of a larger picture of of the whole experience and then so then they finally get to it and yeah the all the reveals of the dad um were pretty incredible and the way he was <laughs> such a guy like but and how it's like mm. he's like happy to see them hey great yeah come in crash and the whole time you're like what's wh- wh- when's the shoe going to drop here cuz this guy seems yeah, you know, even they just the robe they had him in was just a setup of like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, this is weird. Yeah, and uh, well, and he's I in like, his last like his last resort, right? He got kicked out yeah. of his house, and he's just living in a living in a van down by the river, yeah. living but in the, a trailer. Yeah, getting back to her emotional arc for sure. <laughs> living in a living in a trailer down by the sea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The British um, version. Yeah. I like I like how they did these kind of slow, heartbreaking reveals for her where it was like um I forget if it was first it was the brother and then the cards, the birthday cards was sort of at the end, realizing that he had never even sent the birthday cards that her mom uh, had done that. Yeah, and, pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, and and I liked James's apprehension of of her her biological father while still kind of supporting her um you know getting what she needed like in that moment he wasn't like getting in the way of it he was just sort of like i don't trust this guy and then she finally came around and it was another strong device to bring them closer right up before the climax right so it was just like you know they just continue to strengthen their emotional bond their relationship yeah he kisses her on the beach i mean that and then she asked to wait before they actually made love i just i found that whole sequence to be uh really incredible and just real between these basically adolescent you know people exploring their feelings for each other in the midst of everything going on i mean just really rich and complex and and then uh yeah and then the shit hits the fan right at the end <laughs> and and the the sort of path to help or path to turning themselves in gets derailed by the reality that they were going to be separated right um and that really breaks and explodes into the climax, right? Like, so that's just that rising action and just that final tipping point where it's like all of a sudden it's off the rails and he's running down the beach. And if it was a movie and that was just the end, just him running. Yeah. And it was just cut to black credits. We'd be, I'd be like, Oh man, that was an awesome movie. Right. Just like leaving me like, yeah. What happens? He gets shot. He goes to jail. Like, you know, you don't, you just, you don't know. You go home, you go out for drinks or to get something to eat and talk about it with your date or your friends. And, yep. Yeah. And it really could be that, you know, and 
We, uh, we of course, for shows with friends, we watch the first season and then we record this. Um, oh yeah, and this one, for all the listeners at home, I really played by the rules and I didn't watch, I didn't roll right into season two, but it was the hardest show that we've done so far for me not to do that because it was just, <laughs> it's begging for you to just kind of figure out. And my only guess is that it just picks up right in that moment. But maybe not. Maybe they just take you somewhere else in season two. So I don't know. But I'm, right. I'm interested in finding out. Right. Yeah. And, you know, if you had to guess uh, where they left us, do you think that uh, James is alive in season two? Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. It seemed um, like he was a pretty good distance. He wasn't yeah. zigging enough in his running, but like it probably survived. Yeah, he definitely had a good head start. <laughs> one, uh, oh, one episode that we just didn't cover really was the flashback episode where they show sort of what happens to his mom right. and the act of suicide like right in front of him when he was a little kid. Yeah, and, I mean they they just do a really good job of getting you hooked on these kids as a care uh, hooked on these main characters and just so on their side and so whereas. You know, Lissa has her sort of emotional journey with her discovery of her father and the disappointment with that and all his baggage and the shattering of her, this image in her mind of who he was. And I think but she buries the, the dog that he killed in the jacket that she wore the whole time. Like that, that was sort of a significant symbolic thing of like yeah. burying her past, right? Yeah, this is dead. Um, yeah. And uh, and I just that was again just kind of like darky, dark, darky, dark and creep, creepy, and really heartbreaking flashback. I mean, you know, and it was kind of the only one, the only like major flashback, besides the sort of glimmers of his mom and the sort of hints of it leading up to that. But I thought they saved that device for that story point and it was very powerful. Yeah. And of course explains a lot of, you know, his experience, um, just the emptiness and in the way that it comes out, you know, this uh, episode where he is going to report the murder Right, they're in this little town. He's going to report the murder. He goes into this tiny police station and has this revelation that, you know, he can't do that. So he substitutes in, right, his mom's suicide to, like, you know, feed the cops yeah. something, basically. Um, and then personally has to reckon with that he just, as now a teenager and a young adult has admitted yeah. this to himself, right? So the whole, like, the flashback, but also just the way it's introduced and then the way it then comes up and eventually Alyssa tells him, you know, it's not your fault. Hmm. And that cathartic release and moment, really powerful. And once again, just a huge, huge tip of the hat to how they tell these stories and characters 
and how they get us just so emotionally attached and invested, invested in these kids yeah. and really like hoping and rooting and uh, and emotionally invested truly in them and their their plight and their journeys. Yeah, and we're kind of working backwards a bit, but it's cool the, that I think it, it also may have been four or four or five where they separated, like she leaves him at the diner and they have their own separate sort of journeys for a while, right? So that's when he goes to the police station and she gets kind of busted for shoplifting. Right. And then comes back and reunites with him in that moment of him being like, she came back. And this real sense of of bond and of a relationship. Um, they, they, they just did a great job of just building, strengthening their connection along the way while having all these other things going on and introducing us to these new characters and raising the tension and raising the stakes along the way every every episode yeah and their backstory and emotional revelations and journeys unite them Mm -hmm. right in this just really having a rough go of it especially family and home life and um just yeah parents that weren't present literally in uh in several different ways and it's really sad to see that flashback sequence we referenced of uh james's mom and just that brief moment with the you know actress and character there of just this deadpan you know just Mm. dead eyes um, another just like really well embodied, played, tiny bit, you know, role that. Oh, yeah. Glimpses, and the then depression. this moment, the, yeah, just sheer depression and exhaustion mm. and um, loss of any fire, any life, any light. So sad and set against, you know, the backdrop of this world and the beauty of how they shoot this in the settings. It's just uh, really, really powerful. And, um, you know, we've talked about a lot of aspects of this from character, you know, acting, cinematography, setting, that it's uh, foreign to us or UK-based. But Steve, I think the real thing that this show does sets itself apart from others is it keeps you watching because it is not predictable in any way. And every new revelation or character is so rich that even at the end, when we're not surprised necessarily by the culmination, we just don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely. There, There was an element that the clock is ticking on them and their time on the run here, especially when the cops were so like hot on their tail. And so you knew yeah. these forces were going to collide at one point. But yep. again, they did it in such a way that you were like, I have to see what happens when these forces collide, right? You just don't really know. And I think that was yeah. something that kept uh, that journey so rich. And, you know, watching it again, even, I was like, whoa, wait, I forget the next twist of this, you know, middle episode. Ooh, I'm so excited to watch it again. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so it's just really an amazing, amazing journey. And as we referenced in an earlier episode, I would be interested to see what the exact runtime of the whole first season is. Hmm. And maybe as an experiment, you know, later revisit it as just a movie. <laughs> yeah. So this was 2017. This came out. The first season. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah. it up here. Yep. Wow. Yeah, really great. Um, it definitely slipped under my radar. And I'm glad that you you brought it here to this show. Yes, indeed. Well, as we near the end of the discussion of any show, comes an important time. And the time is now present for Steve to pick a new show. Okay. All right. I got something special here for everyone. Um, Ooh. It's been a while since we've had some friends on the show to watch yeah. a TV show with. So I connected with some friends of ours who are also a part of the Connected Podcast Network. Avrin and Vanya over at Rom Crime, which is an amazing podcast where they mash up romantic comedies and true crime. And I asked them if they had watched any cool shows recently that maybe we hadn't seen. And so they suggested that we watch The Bear on Hulu. Mm. which I, I haven't seen and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen because we've been so busy watching these shows and it's a brand, it's a relatively new show um, that just came out. So it's of the moment and mm. it's supposed to be about set in a restaurant world or it's, it's like a restaurant based thing. But uh, I thought it'd be a lot of fun to have Avril and Vanya from Rom Crime come on and we watch the bear for the first time and they rewatch it and we have a fun talk about the pilot how's that sound great i love it so everyone listening please watch the pilot to the bear on hulu and join us next time for a special bonus episode featuring rom crime thanks for listening Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.